Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Very good. Chapter 17 of John. This is Jesus' prayer for his sheep. The Bible says that Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger they simply will not listen to. So what the Lord has said to me, you can't do better than the prayer of Jesus. You can never pray a better prayer than the prayer Jesus prayed for his sheep. And so the Lord has led me to this perfect prayer to pray over you every day. And by the way, let me just say this. I believe that everybody who is born again, I believe it is God's desire that you have somewhere a pastor that you can connect with. There are wonderful prophets. There are wonderful evangelists. There are wonderful ministries of all different kinds. But Jesus was entitled, he was called a poimenos in the Greek, a shepherd, an overseer, an overseer. Elders of the church are extensions of the called out pastor, overseers of the work of God. And here that means prayer and encouragement of the sheep. I believe that somewhere... The Holy Spirit has a, connect, a, a connection for you to walk under the spiritual covering of a shepherd. I have a shepherd. You hopefully have a shepherd or several of a shepherd and his designees. But if you don't, and people are now listening into 50 countries uh, last, uh, over the last 13, 14 months, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you a shepherd, an assistant shepherd with skin on, someone who will cover you in prayer. There are no perfect shepherds outside of the true shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. None. All of us have our own weaknesses and failures. We are called out by him and gifted by him to oversee and pray for those whom he brings. So I I want to share with you in my my prayer closet for you every day, I want you to see the things that you are being prayed for if you walk under the shepherding of this church. I have been in this ministry for almost 30 years now, and almost 50 total, but in this ministry almost 30 years, and because of the ministry that we have had in different parts of this country, there are people who consider me their pastor who live in other cities and go to different churches all over the place. I talked to some this week. Somewhere there is a man or woman or both called out by God to be a 
spiritual shepherd for you, to whom you are to receive the Word of God, who will pray for you and encourage you and walk with you through whatever you're walking through if you will disclose it to them. It's hard to cover someone who can't be found. I will tell you the main points of this prayer that many times before daylight, many times before I ever get out of the bed, I pray over you. Jesus is saying to the Father, this is his prayer, he said, Father, I have, verse 6, I have manifested your name to those you have given me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you've given me are from you. Your pastor, you will not have a connection. There will be a trust that he hears from God the Father and discloses that word to you that he has received. Verse 8, I have given to them the words that you gave me. In other words, Jesus is saying, I didn't make this up. I'm giving them what you gave me. You deserve a pastor to hear what God is saying and disclose it to you. You deserve that. I'm preaching to myself this morning. This is for my own discipline. For my own, this is preaching to Steve and Dina this morning and all the pastors on this staff. Verse, here's what he says here, verse 9. I, I love it. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given. I don't wear myself out praying for all the problems of the whole world. I pray for you, those that God has given me to lead. Do you understand that you can dig a lot deeper if you've got a sharper instrument. The broader you try to minister, the more shallow it can become. <clears throat> I pray for you, not for the world. Yes, there are certain prayer assignments that I have that, that I pray for the leadership of our nation and our state and our local Government, I pray for our police and, and all of the public servants. Yes, but the main focus is for those who have chosen to listen to what God has given me to minister and pray. And notice what he said. They are yours, verse 9. We're spiritual covering for many, many ministers. Listen to me, all of you who are... Look to Dina and I as your spiritual bishops, your overseers. Nobody belongs to you. You are not an owner of anybody. You are a steward of a calling. And I want to say to everybody in the sound of my voice, both on the internet and in this place today, don't ever submit to spiritual leadership that tries to control and manipulate everything about you you don't you are not owned by anybody but Jesus through the blood of Jesus Christ
Everybody understand that? We're stewards, not owners. And notice, even Jesus said, they're yours. And you gave them to me to minister while I'm here. Now notice what he says here. <clears throat> I am praying for those you've given me. Here's what I'm praying, verse 8. The words that you've given me. I'm going to tell them what you've told me. And uh, notice verse 10. All mine are yours and yours are mine. I'm glorified in them. Not mine. I'm a steward. Let's go on verse 11. I'm no longer in this world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them through your name. So what have we got so far? What have we got so far? My first prayer for you every morning is, Lord, I pray for all of those. I pray for Dina and me. I pray for our family. And I pray for all the partners of this church, this ministry, and their families that you would keep us. What do you mean by that, Pastor? When I, when I pray this prayer that Jesus prayed, keep them, what are we talking about? I'm asking the Lord to keep you in his grip, to protect you. This is a dangerous world we live in. Amen? I am asking the Lord to put his protective grip on you and your family every day. I, I am asking that the Lord would restore internal, internal, spiritual, and external, physical and financial order into you and your family. To keep you. To keep you. Notice what he says next. I want to skip down here uh, to the, the, the joy. Look at verse 13. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that these that you've given me may have my joy. Everybody say, my joy. My joy fulfilled in themselves. Do you know what the joy of the Lord is? Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord is your strength. It is what keeps you going. <clears throat> remember Hebrews 12, 2? You remember that, bud? Oh, what a great verse. Looking unto Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Joy is not on a only a sustainer of your strength. Joy is a motivator to keep you obeying the Father when you're going through suffering. It is not some giddy kind of emotion that comes and goes. Joy is not enjoyment. You're not going to enjoy every minute of walking this journey. There are going to be some things that you don't enjoy. Your team's going to lose and you're not going to enjoy that. You're going to get news from your children that's not enjoyable. But your joy is a spiritual force. It is something that has been deposited on the inside of you. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It is deeper than something temporary. It's your strength. It's what keeps you motivated. The joy that is set before you. You know God's working on something. Even in a time of suffering... For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So I pray every day that the Lord would, 
for, for, uh, for us and for you that His joy would be fulfilled in us. Keep them, Lord. Let your joy be made perfect in us. Let's look at verse 13. I'm sorry, 14. I've given them your word. The world has hated them because they're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I pray that you should not take them out of the world. Look, don't get isolated in some little bubble that you think spirituality. God called you to overcome the world, not to depart from it. But he says, and here's the next thing I pray for you. I pray that you would keep them from the evil one. I pray that the Lord would keep you and your family. I pray that his joy would be full in you. And I pray that he would keep you from the evil one. Do you know that you have a real enemy who is scheming every moment for your demise? Jesus said that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy what? Everything good. So I want you to know that you've got a shepherd that prays for you to be protected from the evil one. I pray that he would protect you from every assignment of the evil one. You get on an airplane... Don't you know that the prince of the powers of the air would love for that plane to just take you out? You don't ever think about that, do you? Maybe you should, and maybe you should start praying for the Lord to keep you. You get out here on 280? Wow! Better be some prayer going on. Right? Keep us from every scheme of the devil. The Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But it also says sometimes, uh, 1 Peter 5 says it like this, he comes at you like a roaring lion. Sometimes he comes at you through the stirring up of, of, of evil desires, passions that are out of line with, with the, the Lord and his way of doing things. Greed and anger and lust and and fear and he comes at you like a roaring lion to just do you in to try to intimidate you into getting out of line with seeking the intimacy with Jesus but you know what Corinthians tells us and I've got it in your outline that he also comes like an angel of light sometimes and in the context of that Corinthians passage Paul was talking about false teachers. He was talking about those who profess to be godly and wonderful. He said, for even the devil disguised himself, disguised himself as an angel of light. Do you know that you need wisdom and discernment because there are people saying religious things who at the core of their being are under the control of the prince of darkness. Boy, do we ever need some discernment. 
Amen. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven, says Jesus. Right? So we need to pray every day. God, we want to be wisdom. We want to be wise and discerning. So I pray that every day that the Lord would keep you, that your, his joy would be made full in you, and that you would be kept from the evil one. And then notice what he says. Here's the way to be kept from the evil one, verse 17. Sanctify them. Father, sanctify them by your truth, your, everybody say it with me, your word is truth. How much of the word of God are you depositing in your inner man? Can I ask you something? Is your mind so full of everything else that you can't discern the truth? If the Word of God is the epitome of the truth, and Jesus said it is, how could we filter out that which was not true if we don't make strong deposits of the Word of truth in our heart? Thy Word is truth. To sanctify means to set apart. To set apart. Pastor Jeremiah and I were talking about that this morning. To set apart. It is the Word of God will separate you from that which is false and, and, and destructive and uh, of the evil one. Even if it's in the agent of an angel of light. The Word of God. Jesus said, your Word is the truth. The truth. So, my prayer is that we would all allow that word to have such a dominant place in us that we would be sanctified, set apart from the lies and deception of the evil one. And then here comes one. I want everybody who's in ministry to listen to this next verse. I have to pray this every day of my life because I'm serious about being a pastor. I sanctify myself. For what reason? On behalf of who? Those you've given me. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, what does that mean? I sanctify myself on behalf of those you've given me. God has given every one of you an inner core of influence that you ought to sanctify yourself every day in the Word of God, in, by the Spirit of truth, for their sake. I have a responsibility as an assistant shepherd to the shepherd. A pastor has a responsibility. Everybody in spiritual leadership has a place of responsibility before God to set yourself apart for the sake of those you are called to serve. Now I want everybody to listen to me who's called out into the ministry or in a place of spiritual leadership. You can't do everything you just feel like doing. You can't go anywhere you just feel like going. You can't just say anything that you feel like saying. 
You can't get into your private world and begin to, to look at things that are out of line with the Spirit and the Word of God and think it's not going to hurt anybody. It's going to hurt you and those who are under you. Your private world is the key to your calling. Your private world. The Spirit of God. I, I pray to the Lord all the time, Lord, show me where my thinking, my speaking, my behaving is out of order or out of line with, with the truth of what you want me to see and know. And I sanctify, I sanctify myself. I self, set myself apart from that kind of thinking, that kind of talking, that kind of activities and choosing for the sake of those you've given me. If you're a called out man or woman, you got to walk at a different level than everybody else. You don't want to and I don't either. But you don't have a choice if you're going to walk in this calling. I accepted my calling over 50 years ago. And I've made mistakes, and I still make mistakes all the time. It's the reason I need your prayer. But I'll never forget one thing, and that is this. I have a high and holy responsibility to the people God has given me to minister to, to walk in integrity and order. And so do you. You have a right, as a sheep in the sheepfold of God, you have a right to sit under spiritual leadership that walks under the spiritual direction of the Word of God. So I pray every day, and I make a commitment every day, Lord, I sanctify myself for the sake of those you've called me to minister to. And that's not a yay me. That's a pray for me. We've got a lot of called ministers in here. Let me tell you something. The devil is not an idiot. He knows if he can take you down, he can take a lot of people with you. And for that reason, you're a target. That ought not to make you afraid, but it sure ought to make you wise. And you sure ought to invite people to pray for you all the time. Amen? I need your prayers. So, Lord, keep them. Let your joy be made full in them. Keep them from the evil one. Sanctify them in the truth. I sanctify myself on behalf of those you've given me. And now look what he says here in this wonderful thing here in verse 21. That they all may be one. 
as you, Father, and I are one, that they may be one in us, and that the world may believe that you sent me. How many of you know that one of the ways that people know that Jesus is Lord is through the unity of the body of Christ? How are we doing with that? Not so well. There may be things about other denominations or other fellowships or whatever, but can I tell you something? One thing matters above all, and that's the unity of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He is Lord. His word has all authority. Do you understand that everybody who is in Christ, even if they don't worship like you, we're all on the same team. Well, Pastor, what do you think about this church over here? I'm for them. Long as they are operating in, the, in obedience to Jesus as Lord and the authority of the Word of God, I'm for them. It's not for me. Certain things are not for me. It's not where I am in my own journey. But I'm for them for the kingdom's sake. Amen. Don't criticize other works. Make us one. Make us one. Thank you for your prayers. Over the course of these many years, sometimes there have been those who wanted to usurp spiritual authority. And uh, that didn't last long or go well. Unity doesn't mean that everybody can do whatever they please. Unity doesn't mean that everybody is going to get their way. But unity is about celebration of our Lord and Savior, His life, His Word. And um, I want to, almost everybody who walks close to me in this covering has received correction at some point. But it's always in a spirit of love because I want them to succeed. I don't like the verse where Paul gave Timothy, the pastor, saying, Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long soul. I don't like that one. I don't even like to receive correction myself, but I get it all the time. And if you're not getting correction, you're dead and don't know it. The Spirit of God corrects. You don't get everything right. Amen? But unity. Notice he, used, he didn't pray for perfection. He prayed for unity. And the last thing I pray for you is this incredible verse at the end of that chapter, verse 26. I pray God make them one. Oh, so what do we got? Lord, keep them. Let your joy be made full in them. Keep them from the evil one. 
sanctify them in the truth. I sanctify myself on their behalf. Make us one, Lord. And look at this last one, number seven. He says to the Father, Jesus does, I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it, that the love, watch this now, don't miss this, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Did you get that? Jesus praying to the Father that the love with which you, how much does the Father love Jesus? Can you even fathom that? So what's Jesus' prayer for his followers? That the love with which you love me, Father, may be in them. Do you know that if you're born again, the Holy Spirit has deposited the love of God on the inside of your inner man? The the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5. That love's in there. It's a matter of it being revealed as we are open to receiving it. So I pray that the love that God has for Jesus would be revealed to me and to you, and we get greater revelation of it. Talk about what could not be changed by the love of God. What heart cannot be changed by the love of God if it was received? Anything? Nothing is beyond the reach of the received love of God. Nothing. So those are the seven things that your pastor prays for you every day. It's our desire that as the Spirit leads you you will pray for us as well. We're a family. We're a family. And if you don't feel like you're connecting to your church family, you ought to seek the Lord diligently about where that is, who that is. You're never going to find a perfect place because all of us are imperfect people. There's not going to be one. I can tell you, you can give it up. But if in your inner man, by the Holy Spirit, there's a connection that this is where I should receive spiritual leadership. This is where I should receive covering of prayer and encouragement in in the Word. If this is where I should receive joining together with other believers and obeying the Lord in receiving His Holy Communion, then that's what you ought to do. Nobody's going to make you go to a class or sign something here. Listen to the Lord. Do what He tells you. You'll be a whole lot better for it. Amen. Let's all stand, please. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.